you are now about to witness the curse of always something and the awesome crushing might of the UGF Robinson Show. myself this is v five two five two and i'm your host UGS robinson and right now we're about to talk about the mockery of the travesty of the jab in australia you boy boy and then i got some secrets he types of secrets in this world. We'll find out about him soon, right after Bob Riley from Stigmata. The record is called Calling of the Jump. Intro of All of Nothing is our bumper music. And Bob Riley is going to sing the words. Kick us all off every week. Record's still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they hit their car with a hammer. But sing it, Bob. Sing it. But I could not see so clear. Taking a real good look at you. Taking a real good look at your face. Fear, payback, and fault. Always nothing. All right. All right. We're, we're having snafus here. So what I'm going to do right now is tweet it out to the universe to make sure that I'm, uh, uh, that you can see me. Uh, on. Can anybody hear me? Anybody see me? Can anyone see me? Yeah. Okay. So, um, that's it. I gave the announcement. I got to hope that this is working right. Let me organize because as we've seen Murphy's law, anything that can fuck up, will fuck up. Things are fucking up. And uh, but welcome to V252 of the Eugene S. Robinson show. Let me get my shit together. Everything is uh, scarumpus. I had a girlfriend who used to use that word all the time. Let's see. All right, and then I got the uh, Roma Raiders, uh, uh, blue ball, blue ball. I'm gonna plug this mic in so that it sounds like something, and then we're gonna get on with the show. But I need you to, I need somebody to fucking. Let me know that I'm being heard here. Let's see. I got, uh, yep. All right, good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I can be heard. Let me check. You're all good. Good. All right. So uh, let me make sure that thing is there. I don't mind being kind of fucked up today because it's it, it, it ties into the theme. Anyway, welcome to V52. I'm your host, Eugene Robinson. Uh, if you care, if you're on Himalaya, spelled like the mountain range, Himalaya, uh, you can get the the Aussie Confidential there. If you're in the Himalaya, you hear it a day early, which means it debuts it debuts in, in a few hours. Uh, otherwise, you got to wait till Monday to get the new Aussie Confidential. I got to tell you, this is with Jim James James Wesley Comma Rawls, a name that he got given to him by G Gordon Liddy. If you don't know who G Gordon Liddy is, you might be too young. He's was one of the Watergate co-conspirators this guy was an is an intelligent was an intelligence officer uh g gordon liddy gave him that name somehow g gordon liddy was so afraid of rats when he was a kid he caught one cooked it and ate it you might be afraid of something but you've never cooked and eaten rat on your own 
tied himself to a tree in the middle of a thunderstorm because he was getting tired of, of, and he was also one of the, you know, he got arrested and went to jail. Uh, G. Gordon Liddy is still alive in his 80s, still alive, um, and was this guy's kind of mentor. And this guy is the head of the American Redoubt movement, Redoubt, like Nazis. They would have their mountain redoubts. And um, he's not a Nazi, of course, but uh, I say, of course, like that should be a given. Uh, but he uh, uh, he is uh, he runs survivalblog.com. I don't know survival. Blog, I don't remember. But he's written several best-selling books on uh, essentially the collapse of society, and it's all redounds to uh, uh, submicron technology. What submicron technology using? It's this. It's what fucked up the show to begin with. It's like all of our shit depends on submicron technology. All I need is a blast of EMP. And how how much food is in your local uh, Safeway? Enough to last you and the people around you how long? You said we're screwing ourselves up by not growing our own food. We have no buffer. We're dependent on the machinery, and the machinery is fucking us as we speak. I had to call a couple different numbers. Guy bounced me around here and there. Two hours, a train to the plane, plane to an automobile, drive. It took me hours to get out to this dude's place. Eight a nondescript road his neighbors don't know him by his name he's planning on the apocalypse fun fact he sells guns to whoopi goldberg who knew so that is the the, the next the uh uh Aussie confidential which debuts on himalaya today uh you can hear it tomorrow and it's in perpetuity if you can't remember anything i'm telling you about stitcher itunes soundcloud facebook youtube if you can't remember any of that shit just go to ozzy.com slash confidential it's all on the issue. All, all be on the page. Anyway, second order of business. I'm sorry to have to hold you up with this, but I got to do it. I got to do it because I've noticed a dip. I've noticed a dip. Patreon.com slash the stomper. T-H-E stomper. Uh, the numbers are falling. That's okay. I don't mind. I understand Christmas was a hard time. People got money to spend on gifts. I go now. We're cruising up to Valentine's Day. Maybe you want to show out instead of getting kicked out. Want to buy so I understand that. I'm not asking for a, a, a hand. I'm asking for a handout. And not a very expensive one either. A dollar would make a difference. If everybody within the sound of my voice went to patreon.com slash the stomper, it would make a difference. That's all I'm saying. That's it. And listen, I put it out there so you can listen to it for free. <laughs> yeah, I'm feeling slightly rat so rizzo under the weather. Well, I got my watch cap on. <sighs> I give it away for free. You could ignore this portion of the commercial. You don't have to give me a dollar because I know you'll spend that dollar on something useful. You know, who, what, who am I to need the dollar? I'm just telling you the way it is, plus paying taxes. And we're all getting reamed. I don't know if you saw those tweets I sent out today, uh, yesterday about uh, the, the so-called uh, Trump tax plan, which will currently doubly fuck me. It'll fuck me because of my bracket, and it'll fuck me because I'm in California. Moreover, everybody who was so happy about it, all these folks who voted for him, are now watching their refunds go, well, your refund shrunk so you could make billionaires happy. Speaking of billionaires, that was a balls-out move. You know, we almost came close to having our that that podium-dusting moment where a guy stands up there and goes, so you got me. Jeff Bezos uh, doubling down on... Uh, National Enquirer's threat to show his penis. If I, this is the Je- Jeff Bezos speech that I would write for Jeff Bezos. So I think most reasonably astute people would understand that as a male human being, I am the owner of not only penis, but a pair of testicles. Anybody who's been alive long enough and paid attention knows that my penis and or testicles are probably not super remarkable. But they're worth remarking because my lover is interested in both my penis and my testicles. So in the modern age, what normal people do, I have done. I sent her pictures of my penis and testicles. These were intercepted by maybe her Trump-loving brother and given to the National Enquirer, who decide to remind all of you that I am a male human being owning penis and testicles. For the right amount of money, I'll show you my penis and testicles right now. But since nobody really wants to see that, their threat is essentially an empty one. And uh, I'm suing. You know why? Because I'm the richest man on this planet. That's why. 
<laughs> it almost came close to that. That was a speech I would write for him, and I would drive those guys out of business. One thing I know about National Enquirer that maybe the rest of you don't know is that they do assiduously fact check everything because they're afraid of lawsuits. If you say aliens live in thimbles under Sandia Mountain in New Mexico, clearly that's not fact checked because aliens are not going to sue for slander. That, that, in other words, it's bullshit. They know it's bullshit. It's fanciful in the same way that I could write a piece of fiction for Esquire magazine. But if I say, if I say um, John Travolta has gay aliens the size of a thimble up his butt, I better have pretty good proof. And I've talked to John Travolta's proctologist about these thimble-sized aliens of John Travolta's butt. That's all I'm saying. But we've kind of got, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of far afield here. And uh, what I wanted to talk about was this mockery of a travesty of a sham in Yiddish. We call this a Chandra of this fight this past weekend. Now, just two weeks ago, what I said was, I said something very simple. I said that I thought that they had somehow, be, be, you, the UFSI had been reinvigorated and uh, uh, had been reinvigorated because of their connection to ESPN and uh, we're actually coming close to figuring out a formula. And this formula was that, um, you know, you have uh, two strong headliners, co-headliners. Somebody drops out and still carries it. And you have a card that is, is full of hungry up-and-comers, right? That's what you want. Bobby Knuckles has been out of it for a long time. Night, well, according to Steph, eight to nine months, which is a long time in fight reality. Not pre-internet, not that long of a time because you're waiting for that monthly issue of Grappling Magazine to come out. Post-internet, it's a long time. Ke Kelvin Gastelum, who when I saw them at the weigh-ins, I was like, and, and the stare-downs, I was like, ah, guy's a cat's paw. He's being used again. He's being used again. He, you know, he's a, 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 at this point a glorified gatekeeper. If he doesn't know that, he should know that. Despite the bump, the ringwormy bump on the back of his head, the stuff on his lip, he got some kind of medical clearance to have this fight. Bobby Knuckles, Robert Whitaker wakes up with an, I think it was an inguinal hernia, <laughs> has to pull out, rush to the hospital, surgery. Uh, now I'm not I'm no medical professional, but I have had a hernia. Was also rushed to the hospital. Also had surgery. I was four. All right. Uh, it was on the occasion of me jumping off of a chair. Who knows? I don't remember it. I was four, but I do you know have vague memories of being in the hospital. They did the surgery. Clearly, I lived. Um, could I have continued on without? No, nah, you can't. But this is a cat that's like, he's turned into kind of a cat Zingano-esque figure. It's always something. Moreover, the sport is, is cursed with AS. Listen, when you have professional athletes who are, where it's a fractional difference between winning and losing sometimes, of pushing their bodies, and they're pushing their bodies at training, and they're pushing their bodies as far as they're fully capable of going, to the limits of, of human endurance and clearly the freaks will survive the genetic genetically modified mutated x-men will survive normal people are going to have aches and pains marty g who i usually do the jiu-jitsu breakdown with was supposed to fight uh uh he's 45 had to drop down a few weight cat age categories fought adult fighting a 29 year old guy judo black belt Right now, actually, judo black belt, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu brown belt, uh, and, and about to enter the UFC. Marty G had to pull out. Problems with the wrist, problems with the elbow, problems with the shoulder, and he's 45. It happens. The way to protect against it, the ways to protect against it are structural. Just like, hey, you, you know you know who doesn't have this problem? Broadway plays do not have this problem. It says on, 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 on the playbill, it says that. 
starring, you know, starring uh, Matthew Broderick, understudy, you know, Jimmy Bear, Bob Ray. It's the way it works. You buy your ticket, the play will go on. Whether it's Matthew Broderick or Jimmy Bob Ray, you're going to see a play. What this does is it elevates. It, it, what, what, it, it creates name buzz for one other cat who maybe doesn't even have to fight to make good on that name buzz. But that fight's going to happen because one monkey can't stop a show. Okay, so everybody from, from 1 to 10 who's a challenger is on notice. You show up at that fucking fight, you be ready. In other words, Gastelum has his understudies, essentially his fellow competitors, but the guy holding the belt also has a backup. The difference is if it's a championship bout and a champion can't show out and it's been over a certain period of time, let's just say arbitrarily a year, because I don't want to be a complete prick about this. Let's say a year. If it's been over 365 days and you have a a championship bout and the champion has an understudy and the challenger has an understudy and the challenger's understudy can't fight. Guy, so say so. Gastelum is let's say number four. I don't. I'm just making that up. Number four. The guy who's number five and number six fills in for Gastelum. He's known as an understudy beforehand, so he knows to get ready for the fight he's having. The understudy for the the champion, maybe somebody who's two through <laughs> two two through five, knows he's fighting, or suspects that he will fight if the champion somehow can't continue. So these, so you got these hungry, these hungry understudies, much like Broadway plays. Watch all about Eve, great movie. Who want to fuck up the guy who's at the top? I mean, you know, whatever. They don't want him to fight, really, but they're ready. And they could be talking smack, and they could be going through the weigh-ins, and they could be going the face down as well. It would add five minutes total onto your time, press conference time, whatever. I hope this because now you got cross chatter between these two guys. Those people listening just on, on SoundCloud, I'm doing like little devil's horns. But these two opponents and their understudies. I'm using my thumb for the understudies, and the understudies are talking smack back and forth. It's almost a team concept, but it just it just might work. And if it's a championship fight that's promised, a champion will leave that cage. It'll be an interim champion, but a champion will leave that cage. Lining up a harder fight for the guy who's a supposed champion as soon as he gets better. Providing that's not another year, in which case he loses the belt, interim champion because a full-time champion, and the guy who's, who's the always something guy is going to take, take, take a phantom toll booth number, and he goes back into the rotation. Because talking about it in our MMA fantasy league going into it, there would have been a number of different acceptable uh, fucking outcomes. Scratching the entire fucking card, leaving Kelvin Gastelum with the ringworm on the head, ringwormium, wandering around with the belt. Now, John Nash, you keep in mind, I recorded the Care Don't Care, which comes out late Tuesday after we do If, if I Did It and If the Shoes Fit, but it's already recorded. John Nash thought it was a semi-genius move, and I've been vacillating between thinking it was a genius move and you kind of want to be forgotten. For example, if you go to a, a nice, expensive restaurant, that probably one of the most expensive restaurants I've been in was Aquavit in New York. You go to a nice, expensive restaurant, somebody has a baby, the kid is perfectly quiet, perfectly wonderful, but the kid takes a big dump during the meal, and you have little baby shit wafting over. Baby shit wafting over. And you're smelling it as you're trying to eat your $1,500 fucking oyster dish. Uh, it wasn't that expensive, but I'm just, you know, I'm giving you some numbers. You might eat it, but you know what you're going to remember? You're going to remember that baby shit. <sighs> and next time when you choose a restaurant like Aquavit, it won't be Aquavit. 
It'll be some other place. So what I'm saying is the stink following this UFC Australia fight will have to find somebody to cling to. At this point, I'm a, a, a torn. If I'm Gastelum, do I just kind of lean back and let it, you know, let it find its way to Bobby Knuckles? Or do I announce, put a stake in the ground, I'm the number one challenger? I don't think he was a number one challenger. I don't think he really was. I think he was a cat's paw. And he's been a cat's paw a couple of times, you know, when he fought Weidman. Weidman, who opened up his misty as fuck, wood-piled mouth and said, eh, Israel, eh, I don't think he's that big of a deal. <sighs> There's genius. There's genius afoot. There's genius afoot in that man's foot that's in his mouth. And if Israel is listening very carefully, he should be paying attention to it. And what he should be paying attention to is doing extensive workouts with wrestlers and jiu-jitsu guys. Because I don't know if you noticed, but the fight with Anderson Silva did not go to the ground at all. It was like my champion, my blue belt championship win at the Worlds. Okay. Uh, you know, we didn't go to the ground at all. I, I hockey played the guy. I grabbed his gig. I got a goosh, got a goosh, got a goosh. One on aggression. <laughs> it's one of my prouder wins. My other prouder wins was an MMA fight where the guy punched himself in his own eye and could not continue. That was a proud win. And another one was with, uh, I was rolling with uh, Mike Swick. And uh, he stove his head into the mat and couldn't continue. I love Mike Swick. He doesn't know it, but he and I are Eskimo brothers. <laughs> I've never mentioned that before until just now. <laughs> anyway, I, hey, if you, what is that Mr. Marcus, support star Fred said about me? Somebody said, what? You know Eugene? Yeah. Man, that guy gets around. <laughs> Don't you know that bad boys move in silence and violence? So anyway, you got it. You can't have this shit happening, man. We started off 2019 so fucking promising. So promising. And now I find out that the fight, the Cain Velasquez, Francis Ngannou fight coming up from Arizona, I find out it's, well, it's either on ESPN or it's ESPN Plus, but these are distinctly different things. But you have to, it's like, oh, man, I'm back to Fox Sports, Fox Sports 1. Why? Why can't I find a channel to unite them all and watch it one place at one place only? This is fucking ridiculous. And it's made me less uncharitable. On the, on the uh, Kane Nagano uh, uh, fight coming up, I think I had two cares. Nah, nah, I'm on the warpath here, bro. No more. No more extending. The, 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 I'm going to extend you the benefit of the doubt. Nah, I'm not doing that anymore. Forget it. Forget it. So we see this fight. Where, where are we now? So I'm, I'm not finished with Bobby Knuckles yet. So he's fucked up. I don't remember how long I was out, but whatever I was doing at four years old, I was back in. I wasn't fighting to get back in. I wasn't fighting after I got back in. I was just walking around. So who knows? This is a sport where you have to be at that 98, 99%. What's at 100%? That's not the issue. The issue is what's at 101%, and that's total failure. Guy can run a four-minute mile. Guy can run a three-minute mile. You run a two-minute and 50-second mile, your body will collapse. Unless you're that guy who it doesn't. And then everybody starts to get in their head that, no, no, I can do this. It's a question of belief. Nobody ever thought, like, your five-minute mile. And then all these, all these benchmarks. Benchmarks broken by pretty phenomenal individuals, which is not everybody. Right? That's what they mean when they say average, the average mean, not everybody. So they got to fix it. They got to fix it. At this point right now, I don't want to hear nothing out of Bobby Knuckles. I just, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about how good he is for the community. The Aussies love him, the charity. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Somebody did the great meme of having him just kind of turn into Dominic Cruz. You know, Dominic Cruz acknowledged problem, embraces it, not fleeing from it. Steps out of the side, steps aside. It's like, man, sometimes, like I told you about the, uh, the guys who tried, the, uh, tried to steal the most beautiful poem on the face of the earth. 
it was a Lord Dunsany story. And there were three, and they got caught by the watcher. And there were three. One attempted to run, one attempted to hide, and one just jumped off of the edge of the world where they imagine he's still falling. My my MO has usually realized, like Kenny Rogers, you know, no one to hold it and no one to fold it. I mean, it's a tough break. But now I got a clock and I got people watching the clock and I got to heal from this and I got to start training and I got to be ready for somebody who's going to be working at 99% close to 100 and I got to be willing to push it to 100, maybe 101 and face total complete collapse and failure to get this book. No, we're not seeing him again in 2019. Honest to God. They'll tell you some shit like, oh, you can walk because they think that you're walking like when I had the ruptured quadriceps tendon. Oh, you can walk after six months. Took me a year and a half. They're thinking I'm just talking about standing up and walking to the refrigerator. I was talking about getting back in the ring and fighting guys like Kung Lee, which is how I ruptured my quadriceps tendon. No fucking joke. So what do you do with that division? Dude sitting on the belt like, like the uh, Horton sitting on an egg and Horton hears a who. Get the fuck out of there. You got it. You got to go for the understudy system. Got to go for it. So somebody tell Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, that you, you got to change. It just it can't happen. You cannot fucking do this. You cannot do this. Like the Grammys. I'm surprised some of you will even listen tonight. The fucking Grammys. I got to quote Chuck D on this. Who gives a fuck about a goddamn Grammy? Well, I, I cared when our producer was nominated for one. I, I, I pretty much cared 2007. I haven't cared since then, though. And, and those of you who don't know, peeking behind the curtain, the Grammys are a scam anyway. It's not like the Oscars where there's open voting. Neil Portnoy, the guy who used to run it, put his foot in his mouth with, well, women just need to man up or some shit like that about getting more. And, uh, it's a fix. It's a rig. It's an industry thing versus the Oscars which actually has, you know, the thing correctly adjudicated by its members. It's very different. Yes, yes, when I was a Grammy uh, organization member, I could vote for people, but those are weighted differently. It's a scam. <laughs> Otherwise, why would the spin doctors have one? <laughs> why would Hootie and the Blowfish have one? Sorry if these are your favorite bands. Or, or maybe you're not even watching this show because you want to see Post Malone and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Fuck that. Go to Ozzy.com and type in Red Hot Chili Peppers and read my piece on the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Anyway, that's not the point. The point is, I'm pissed off about Whitaker and Gastelum. The point is, I haven't decided whether I'm pissed off about Gastelum's uh, 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 shit. I'm not sure whether it's, it's best to step aside and let the, the wafting baby shit smell go some other place, or whether it's okay to say, look, I don't give a shit. When that dude is ready, I'm ready. And I don't want to see anybody stand in front of me when I say I'm ready because the number on this thing goes fucking one and I don't want anybody cutting the line. All right. Maybe it's maybe John Nash is right. It's a good strategy. I don't know. Let's move on. Sorry, I'm a bit under the weather. I went to see Gang of Four play last night. I'm like watching this fight fall apart. Guys, I, some of you are like, oh, you're going to get to the wine bar. You're going to... And the fight fell, and I just go, you know what? Fuck this, man. I, I'm going to go get some pancakes. I got a California omelet, some pancakes, some toast. And the wife and I went to see Gang of Four, which is really Gang of One. And it was just everything was all fucked up about Saturday night. Gang of Four was a great band. Four guys. If one guy is still in the band, it's Gang of One. And then he, in a really transparent move, gets three younger guys and the world's most annoying bass player who hasn't realized he's the bass player. <laughs> they were one of the best bands I'd ever seen in my entire life in 1979. John King was one of the best singers. I, it was a great show. But Andy Gill is the only guy in the band. Keep in mind, this is the guy who produced like one of the first Chili Peppers records. So I shouldn't have been surprised. Best part of the evening was talking to some old fucking guy. Just old guy. Yeah, I'm from Pittsburgh. I moved out to California. And we and he's like, oh man, you ever read JG Ballard? I go, well, I learned about Ballard from the research books. He goes, I know the guy who put him out. I said, I know the guy who put him out. Yeah, yeah. 
I said, well, it was weird, man. I ran out. I was not in touch with him for a long time. His name is Vale. And I took my kids to the aquarium, and they say, Dad, why is that girl dressed up in a full-body Jaguar suit? I go, what girl? Over there. I go, oh, she is. That's kind of cool. Let's go ask her. And so they go up, and they're talking to her about the full-body Jaguar suit. And her father comes over because he's got it creeped out. And I look at the father, and it's, it's Vale. I go, Vale. He goes, Eugene. And the guy who I'm telling that story to last night goes, Eugene. Oh, my God, from Whipping Boy. I go, oh, man. He goes, and so all of a sudden we knew all these the same people. And so he remembers his friend of mine who went to prison for a bunch of years for murder. He goes, I was in Cub Scouts with that guy, Cub Scouts. And so I told him the guy's story about when he was in prison and they tried to rape him. The guy said, you're going to suck my dick. And he goes to some guy, I don't, man, I don't know what to do. And the guy hands him a towel. Goes, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this towel? Oh, oh. And he opens up the towel and there's a shank in the towel. He goes, do what you got to do. So he tells the guy, okay, meet me, meet me around the showers, and I'll, I'll suck your dick, but just don't tell anybody. And the guy goes, yeah, okay. So he goes around the showers. My dude goes in. The guy starts unzipping his pants. And he just leans in and whack, comes up with a shank, stabs him in the ass. Guy goes, whoa, 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 whoa. It's like, hey, it's all right. We just do that to everybody. We just, it's just a test. He's like, oh, okay, man. I thought, guys, the guy ended up being one of his friends later, back some of his plays. Cub Scout. Anyway, that was the best thing about the show. But I couldn't I couldn't focus on the fight. I said, I'll watch it this morning, Sunday morning when I get up, which I did. Eating over my Cheerios, pumpkin spice Cheerios, and I'm watching Israel Anasaya and Anderson Silva. And I knew the fight would make me sad. I just never knew how sad the fight would make me. <laughs> now, I know it's tough. I played Whipping Boy and it ties in. That's why I didn't just go down this tangent for no reason. Whipping Boy played his worst show ever, not with the Chili Peppers, which turned into a riot during which I almost got arrested, but with the Bad Brains. If you've ever seen the Bad Brains at their height, watch the Bad Brains. Where I got it right here. Oh, hold on. I'll, I'll reach for it. Let's see if the poster falls. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, this is this is high wire. High wire shit. Hold on. <laughs> I got to show you. Sorry. Ah, uh, now, ah, all right, oh, uh, 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 all right, <laughs> you're getting a full Monty today, I'm feeling kind of peckish, so, here we go, so, can you hear me, yes you can, I see the thing, uh, so this, there, that was worth it. No, there's a, there's a reflection. Live at CB's 1982, Bad Brains played three nights in a row. If you see this band at its height here, and there are copious shots of me in the crowd for this thing, you know, they were phenomenal. I played with them. Whipping Boy played with them. Worst show I ever did. They got in my head. They got in my head. I don't know what you do, but whoever's the best at what you do, if you were to do it with that person, it might fuck you up. It just might crawl in your head. And Israel said, look, you know, um, he's, I grew up watching him. He's my, one of my idols. You know, uh, glad to see him. And I'm glad to take the, to have the mantle passed on to me and to help him exit the sport. He said that. But I'm, he's not the only one. When Matt Hughes put Hoist Gracie in an arm bar, and he saw that Hoist was not going to tap. He made a tactical decision. And he talked about it later. He said, I wasn't going to break the arm of a legend. Now, if I'm that legend, I got mixed feelings about that. Yeah, he had steeled himself. He was like, ready, go ahead. I'm willing to, I'm not tapping. I'll let you break the arm. Do what you got to do. He had already made that peace with himself. Why? Because it had been established as a family way. I think Henzo had done it. And the guy who I used to do grappling magazine with, see, these circles tie in together. It's not I'm just making this shit up. Todd Hester said he asked Henzo, he goes, why'd you let the guy break your arm? And he came, I think it was like it was Sakuraba or somebody like that. And he came back from that fight, Henzo, and won it with the broken arm. And Henzo just looked at him like he was crazy. He goes, hey, man, my kids were in the audience. Made sense to him. You got to understand this is a family business. 
like if you're a mobster, this is the family fucking business, right? The debt, the debt owed to the Gracies. And I remember I just did an interview with Javier Mendez for an upcoming Aussie Confidential. And we talked about how long we've been in, in, in martial arts and what we saw happen. And we remember when the Gracies had their $60,000 challenge. You're like, fuck those guys. Fuck those guys. I'll give those guys a spin and fly and kick. Man, I'll do, the, I'll do a chicken wing and I'll... Nah, 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 bro. What they did was phenomenal. The fact that in town here, I got like five jiu-jitsu schools to go to, even though I, I stick with Sorrell Academy because it's technically Luda Livre. Something. But I'm off track here. The point is, the point is that if you fight somebody that you really admire, you're just going to fight differently. These guys are crying at the press conference. They're, they're crying at the weigh-in. They're crying. They're hugging and they're crying. I was crying too. Well, not really, but you know, I felt like to man Anderson, man. And now stuff behind the curtain. Dude was having marital difficulties. I don't. I don't want to go too deep into it. I don't want to go too deep into it. Dude was having marital difficulties, you know. I, I you know, I, look, I, uh, you know, guy travels. He's in L.A. L.A.'s got a fine-tuned radar for a certain celebrity. He ends up hooking. You know, it's just, it's hard to be a man. Tell you from experience. The whole penis and two testicles thing, very difficult. The Chris Weidman thing, he said, the crowd, it's just a lot of stuff happened ahead. He's got all those kids, he's got this extended thing. But at 43 years old, which everybody said ad nauseum, the guy, OSB, man. And it, it shouldn't be his responsibility that the Baldwin hasn't managed to put together a credible organization outside of it, by which I mean celebrity attractions. And you hear that little squeak over in the corner? That squeak, hey, hey, what about me? Hey, boss, hey, boss. Tattoo, tattoo McNuggets. <laughs> you, you see what's happening now? You may not have believed what I said before, but dude is on his Twitter machine uh, offering to fight anybody. You don't hear this echoed by the bald one, do you? You don't. Because the guy is like, can't, man. Can't, bro. I can't. I, you know, I can't run this billion-dollar business. I cannot run it on hopes. Like, I hope this doesn't go big. I hope this doesn't break against you. I hope you can stop using coke. I hope you don't anally rape any more people. I hope. Can't do it, bro. Can't do it. Because when it comes out, whether it's five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years, whatever, those cats who put on blackface, man, they just thought, man, I can moonwalk like Michael Jackson. The first football game I went to at Stanford, you know what they gave out to the incoming college freshmen before we went over to the stadium? They gave out red feathers. Because the name of the team back then were the Indians. The red feathers you're supposed to stick in your hair and make woo sounds as you walk over to the stadium. They changed the team. Cardinal, color, and the mascot, the tree, the Palo Alto, tall tree, out of sensitivity. And I know some of you feel like beleaguered, like, ah, we can't do anything anymore. Oh, fuck that, man. Native Americans got a raw deal. If they want another bad fucking feeling kind of touchy about it, I'm fine with that. I'll fight. Guy comes up to me and says, though I have a penis and two testicles, I want you to consider me a woman. Okay. Woman comes up and says, though I have breasts and I wear makeup and wearing a skirt like my friend's son's uh, 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 living girlfriend, but I'm a man. Okay. Could you go to the store and buy me some tampons? Okay. In other words, people say so many different things to me. I'm not getting caught up in this outrage culture. I won't do it. You realize we're all stuck in this cycle of I have coffee in the morning. I don't. But let me we'll have coffee in the morning and outrage. Just imagine that you're in a bar and somebody walks in, in the bar and is it, oh my God, can you believe that this guy put that? I just, I, I'm sick of it. I'm sick. Of it. If you haven't figured out the Facebook, what, what Facebook is selling, the drug, 
that they're selling. Figure it out. Every morning, people open that shit up sometimes before their feet touch the floor. And they're getting their dose of outrage. It's like a kick. Endorphins start spinning. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm angry. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. I'm angry. You know what? I'm nothing. I'm neither afraid nor angry. I've jumped off the edge of the world. I'm not hiding. I'm not running. I've embraced my fate. Anderson Silva should do the same. Embrace your fate. Bro, you're a celebrity there. What are you fucking doing? And if you think that was a real fight, it was not a real fight. If you think Israel was fighting at a 95%, he was not fighting at 95%. People are like, oh, he didn't want to open the door to, to his wheelhouse. You could see too much of his stuff. He didn't, man, he, he was conflicted about being there. One of the worst shows I ever played was with the Bad Brains because they got in my head. I go, if they do this, how can I ever do anything nearly as significant? Of course, now in the game since 1980, I look at Oxbow's oeuvre and I realize, hey, you know what? Those guys had two or three good records in them. I put out eight. It doesn't matter that they caught the crest of the hardcore wave and that they were, you know, archetypical, just great. Yeah, they, their peak was higher than my peak. You know, what do they call it with it when they do uh, uh, physics? You know, amplitude, longitude. If I can't get the amplitude, which fame is capricious, I'll go for the longitude. <laughs> longitude. <laughs> So Anderson Silva is the same. His peak was higher than many people will ever reach. That's why they call him the greatest of all time. That's why they call him guaranteed Hall of Fame first ballot entry. That's why they call him a legend. Haven't made your peace with the longitude? You better. You better. Because sticking around, you know, you're not going to get a bunch of guys. Look, even Chris Woodpile Weidman said, nah, bro, there's no, there's no trilogy. For a lot of different reasons. I see in Anderson Silva a man desperate to remain relevant. A friend of mine got a call once. He's a music journalist. Got a call once. It's from David Bowie. I'm hearing noises. It's from David Bowie. He picks up the phone. They're chatting. David Bowie's calling me. Jesus Christ. They're chatting. And David Boyd pops a question. He goes, hey, man, you think I'm still relevant? That's why I called. I said, I'm not going to fucking answer. This is David Boyd. Uh, he did, I don't remember even what he said. I know what I would have said. I said, Twinkie's irrelevant. You don't want relevance. You want significance. Forget about relevance. So some kid in a, in a shopping mall in Bethesda, Maryland, can buy your record. You feel relevant? Because you're speaking to him? Fuck that. Significant. Not everybody's going to get Picasso, and that's okay. Leave the game. Leave the game. If you were to chart out in your fantasy MMA league, if you were to chart out where Anderson Silva goes now, where do you have? Where does it have him going? Where do you see him going? Where does he go? Diana Ross said it best. Tell me where the road turns, because I don't know. And there's a reason Weidman, Woodpile Weidman is not fighting him because he sees Anderson Silva at this point now a desperate man. Desperate men can pull off some amazing shit sometimes. That's why I'm sitting in California because people start pushing west. Desperate people. And were Weidman to lose the third match? To Anderson Silva, a desperate and depleted Anderson Silva, that would be like a murder-suicide. Of course he's not going to fight him a third time. However, that's pretty much the only place for them to go. He, I don't believe, Woodpire Weidman, I don't believe can beat anybody else. And Anderson Silva would not be depleted by losing to him a third time. But you got to think of a graceful exit. People don't think about these graceful exits. That fight 
You might be telling yourself all kinds of different shit right now. I've watched that fight three times by the time I did this show today. And I'm going to have to go out of the limit here and say it was bullshit. First of all, it was three rounds. Okay, that's fine. It was a championship fight. Uh, okay. Anything that you saw in there that had merit is stuff that you wanted to see in there. You wanted to sit at Aquavit and make sure that that that's not that's not no that's moose that's not baby shit oh no that's far we are pretty far no it just has that kind of earthy tone to tundra you tell yourself whatever you want man tell yourself whatever you want that was not that was not a 65 dollar fight i'm done i'm done i'm done talking about that fight because it hurts me it's like zipping up your penis in your zipper whether you zip it down to get it out or zip it up to get it out, it's going to hurt no matter what. That's all we got. That's all we got. That's all we had for Saturday night. And I'm trying to convince my, my, my wife who doesn't fucking want to do it. I couldn't, couldn't do it. I watched it this morning. She was talking to her mother back in Poland. I watched it again. I'm just like, man, man. Did it diminish Israel? No. Did it diminish Anderson? No. So why is my take so overtly negative? Because when I look at the options, it's like you could say, if I'm in a speeding car that's heading for a cliff, I could go, well, is my car broken? No, seems to be running perfectly fine. Huh? Am I going to run anybody down or hurt anybody? No, seems to be. But I know eventually, because I can see down the road that the car is going to go over the cliff. I'm not in pain now. Israel is not diminished. Anderson is not diminished. But the long-term prospects, if they keep blowing in this dude's ear about, oh, you should, you should keep on going, it's not, it's not going to end up anyplace as good. How do I know? Because what we just saw was not good. Tell yourself whatever you want to tell yourself. It was not. And some, some well, I don't remember one of you in Twitter, had predicted to say, you know, this has created an opening for everybody who's on the in the early prelims and the prelims, they're gonna fight their hearts out because they know the, the attention now, which had been focused at the top of the card, is diffuse. Oh, really? Well, on the show we did with Nash today, they asked me how many buys do you think they had? I said three hundred thousand, and they almost dropped their jaws. What do you three hundred thousand? What kind of optimist are you? They'll be lucky if they get to a hundred for this one. A hundred thousand pay-per-view buys. You think that's a good look? You think that's a good look? You think ESPN feels good about that? ESPN is like saying, look, we carry the, it's like carrying a baton and the guy in the second leg drops it. Because I have to tell you, if you listen to last week's show, V51, I was bullish, bullish as fuck about the UFC. And they stink it up with this pay-per-view, something that should have been, because contractually they have to deliver one pay-per-view a month. How could you fucking do that? Banada, yeah, it was good to see him finally pull out. You look at the guy's record as, as crazy, as Sakuraba-esque as he is, it's great. This is only his second win, but I'm glad he's back. They had to give him somebody he could beat so he could use it. I mean, the difference is Sakuraba used all that fancy shit, but actually converted it to wins. My one pick that was off, and I didn't have many because I only cared like about three or four fights in this card, was uh, Ronnie yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I like a good jiu-jitsu stylist, but he got smoked. I didn't give a shit about the Sam Alvey fight. He lost. And I mean, I just didn't care about a lot of these fights. I'm done, essentially done with this fight, this card entirely. Finished. Finished. Not done. I mean, I'm not, not interested. I can't. I can't. I can't. I can't go on. It's like I'm talking to the head chef at Aquavit. I'm going, there's baby shit ruining my meal. You got to do something about it. However... Get out of here! Piece of shit. This is the cat, the maladjusted one, who keeps pissing on my fucking bag. And everywhere I go, the bags. Well, well, wash the bag. I can't because the bag is one of those fancy bags my kids bought me for my birthday. It's got electronics in it, so if somebody steals the bag, it's got like low jack for the bag, so I can find it and kill them. That's the bag the cat pissed on. Maladjusted fuck. Uh, anyway, so secrets. 
unbeknownst to you, I mentioned it earlier, come full circle on this one. I, on Friday, went down to AKA to uh, to uh, 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 record a new Ozzy Confidential with Javier Mendez. And a lot of people focus on, you know, it's the winningest team. I couldn't even sell to people in Ozzy. I go, look, Jesus Christ, this guy is like the Bill Belichick of MMA. And that got them. They could finally go, oh, shit, yeah. But I realized all this time, nobody's ever focused on Javier. You know how hard it is to keep together an MMA team? Look at what's happened with the Cerrone and Greg Jackson and Winkle John, Dwayne Ludwig and fucking Team Alpha Male. You know how long Javier's been doing this? You even if you even rem- if you've listened to Knuckle Up, you remember I talked about the day I got in there to fight Kane, and there was a mutiny afoot with Josh Koscheck screaming about where's my jujitsu coach? You guys suck. I went and Javier sat on the on the apron and said, Hey, you know what? My team, I'm the head coach here. If you don't like it, that thing over there is what we call a door. Use it. And I mentioned this again to Javier. He's like, Yeah, this is this is a this is a weird and violent fucking snake, man. And if you're not if you're not at the head, if you're not the head coach, you're gonna not have a head team. You're not having you nothing. You gotta maintain control. It's your way, or you can leave. That's it. It works well. Everybody signs on. Don't sign on. You go. Or like Cain Velasquez said to me once, it's very simple. If I listen to Javier, everything works out right. When I don't, it doesn't. So I was there. I'm not going to cheat the upcoming Ozzy, Ozzy Confidential because there was some actually earth-shattering shit that nobody in MMA has gotten to, and it's great. I'm really excited about it. But we're in the pro room. We went there for pro training, and I'm watching. Black Boy's got a fight coming up. Uh, Sean Bunch, who I've rolled with, he comes to Sorrell sometimes. He's got a fight coming up with Bellator. Kane was there. Todd Duffy. Well, I had no idea he was there. I'm like looking at dude. I'm like, Jesus Christ, that guy looking at him. Maybe I went to high school with him. You know, Todd Duffy is like God. He's like, the, you know, I mean, seriously, from that movie, what is that movie? Prometheus, where they find one of the, you know, inter, intergalactic astronauts, the one who supposedly created humans. That's why I call him God. And he's like, oh, I'm gonna, I figured out his language. I'll speak to him in his language. And he speaks to him in his language, and God sits up and goes, look. And twist his head off, twist, twist his head, twist his head off his body. Well, that God, the creator of humans in the movie Prometheus, was exactly like fucking Todd Duffy. I was like, yo, fuck that shit, bro. You know, I used to be 265. There's an argument in favor of losing weight. Fight light heavy. Nah, dude's huge. He's like six foot fucking four. I don't know how much he weighed. It's like, I don't know. Todd Duffy's had a rough run of luck in the UFC, but Jesus Christ, that's not what I <laughs> man oh man. Big, big old boy. I finally felt I finally felt for the first time ever, I finally felt like an old man. As I'm standing there interviewing uh uh, uh uh Javier, I'm watching these guys train, and this is what you've been waiting for. Most specifically, I was watching Kane train. A week out from the fucking fight. Ah, I'm not. This is not nut huggery. Fucking dude, sharp as a as a goddamn razor. Frightening. You take it. Oh, and Justin Willis is another guy. He's got. Uh, he 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 wasn't there though. I, I trained with him, but he's got a fight coming up against uh, Curtis Blades. Which is actually probably a good fight. With I know I've been talking him up, and I know his past performances have been completely underwhelming. But this is a, a good fight. You might get something out of him for, for this. It might, you might actually rise to the occasion. And in any case, you might see him do some grappling, which is quite good at. But watching Kane, I don't know the neck surgery, the shoulder surgery, whatever kind of surgery he had. This I don't know. I'm not quite sure, but smooth. Fast, strong, trim, cardio. Uh, Arizona, where the, the fight's going to be, is a thousand feet over sea level. That's nothing. He's from Arizona, besides, and they're leaving tomorrow night, Monday night, Arizona. So he'll be there doing his uh, with the last portion of his camp, 
no, 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 no. I'm not. This is not. I'm not. I'm not. This is not fucking hyperbole at all, by any stretch. And he was right in front of me. I mean, I, I mean, he, you know, he's, he, I guess he maybe thought you can't interview a lot of these UFC champs without going through the media office at the UFC. Oofsy, fucking drag. But I was there to talk, and I'm watching. If I had a lot of disposable income, I would put. And Javier said the best. He goes, you know, everybody could get knocked out. You know, fluke happens, you miss, you get knocked out. But they're too smart, man. That team is too smart. And if you think about how you would fight Francis Ngannou, which is essentially get in close, so whatever hits you get, like dirty box, whatever, you minimize, drop low, take that guy down to the ground because he won't get up and beat the fuck out of him. That's a, probably a pretty safe strategy. Probably pretty smart and probably pretty much exactly what's going to happen. Whatever ego is involved that might make a guy stand outside and like say, yeah, I could trade with this guy. Nah, it's not happening. This is about crush, kill, win. It was coming from his fucking pores. Now, you've never heard me say this. It's not, you know, I'm not a, I'm not a customer of hyperbole. I'm not fucking just pimping this up because I got nothing else to say. I'm telling you what my eyes saw. I was frightened. Fundamentally, this was a different guy that I fought when I fought him five years earlier for that, uh, whatever, I think it was some article for Vice. Nah, 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 bro. Broham. Serious shit. Now, I don't know whether I can forget the misery of this past weekend. And indeed, on the care, don't care preview that we went through, it was one don't care after another. This whole fucking, you know, UFC Arizona thing, but it's on ESPN Plus, or is it? Or is it on ESPN Plus? I do not know. Apparently, there's some difference between ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. If it's ESPN, it means I got to hermit crab it and try to find somebody who's got a fucking TV so I can watch it. Not like ESPN that I can watch on my phone. Or maybe the early prelims are on the phone, but then I got to find the TV. It's a drag. It's a drag. Why don't you guys, why don't you fucking big brain media types put this shit together? There's no differentiation whether I watch it on a flat screen TV or watch it on a laptop or watch it on the phone. Just make it so I can... Yeah, what? I got to get a watch? How come I can't watch cable on my phone? I guess I can. I'm paying $137 for this shit that never works anyway. All right, I'm, I'm starting to get kind of ranty. It's all right. I'm, I'm hungry. I'm a little peckish. So, um, so, uh, 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 choking. So, uh, um, so that's, that, that, that's my take on the next week's fight. I mean, the only fight that has kind of real cachet in my mind is Kane because I want to see, I want to see, I just want to see whatever he was doing. I want to see that in action. And it was cool. I'm, oh, I so much want to spill the secrets, and I can't because I don't want to cheat the other show. Keep in mind, the difference between the show stomper and Ozzy Confidential is on the show stomper, it's just me talking. Ozzy Confidential, I'm interviewing people, but you can hear Versus all the other Aussie confidentials that have been out there, you could hear me fanboying it. And I met Javier initially. We trained together back before he, even before he was an ISKA champ. We trained Muay Thai together. So, in any case, uh, so that, that that's where we are. That's where we are. One, we need we need the championship understudy program. And that way you're doing art fighter development for the guys on the under under this is my little symbol for the guys the understudies for both the fighters but this thing of getting fights yanked got to stop it's got to stop everybody else has got a a a a, a backup a backup plan a plan b for their organizations you know tom brady can't go they got a fourth straight second third fourth street quarter and these guys don't suck i remember when colin kaepernick was like a third or fourth string, and they brought him up. It was like, oh, shit, the guy could – I remember when Steve Young was a like second or third level quarterback in front of Joe – behind Joe Montana, and they brought him – he could act – oh, shit, dude can play. Baseball, basketball, LeBron is hurt, got other cats. 
you gotta you got you gotta have a backup plan, man. You gotta how how is it that a guy on a dirty couch with fever dreams and a watch cap on has got to be the first one to tell you that? How is that even possible? Anyway, I'm tired of ranting. My voice is going out. I gotta get shit ready for you know for the, the Aussie Confidential uh, launch. So at at symbol Eugene S. Robinson. Yeah, and there was no question and answer thing. Let me see, because nobody sent any questions. But I didn't I didn't I didn't announce that we're gonna have questions. So let's see. Anybody have anything to say? Any questions? That Kane versus Francis matchup from your info is shaping up to be the equivalent of Musasi versus Sukaju. In other words, the Sukajuing was well on its way and nearly cooked, but it's a finishing blow from the hammer to the nail. Fucking perceptive. I'm liking it and retweeting it. Um, well, so you, you've done something successfully that I didn't manage to do during this entire hour, and that's it. Consider the fight from Francis Ngannou's position, right? That he's essentially, again, at cat's paw to, to reintroduce Kane to a new generation of people who probably weren't paying attention four years ago. He's being served up on a platter. But look, based on what you pay him, based on that shitty-ass performance you turned in last time, you got, you're, you're in a position where you're Missouri. Got to show me. You got to show me something. But is he ready? I do not think at all. And the difference is, unlike his last fight that stunk up to high heaven, I believe it was against uh, Derek the Black Beast Lewis, unlike that fight, Kane is not going to leave him alone. He's not going to leave. You know what? There's a guy who I, I interviewed on an old knuckle up uh, out of Jersey. And he was what he called a transition specialist. Like, what the hell is that? He goes, okay, say you're primarily a wrestler. At what point do you say, okay, I'm going to wrestle, now I'm going to hit? I mean, in other words, each transition through the multiple skills of mixed martial arts, it's all about making the switch at the right time, predictably or unpredictably before your opponent does. Kane was doing it. I was watching boxing, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, boxing, jiu-jitsu, wrestling, judo, hip throw. Boom, high, high carry, boom, the ankle pick, boom. Against big, giant fucking guys. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, this is not, this is not shaping up. A, I wouldn't consider this fight to be a vote of confidence. You're being thrown into a lion's den. If you make it out, good on you. Very likely that you're not. And then where's your road going to turn? You bought this for yourself by that last stinky shit. You, you had the world after Overeem, and you're wounded. Your team said so. So I'm hoping that you've been working on stuff that's going to get your head together. But Kane is, he, he set his phases to murder. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I feel sorry, bro. I feel sorry for you. Yeah, you might, you might bull rush him right out the box and knock him out the first 30 seconds. That's probably your only chance. You get beyond that, you're getting beat the fuck up. I'm, I'm not kidding you. Uh, um, not at all. All right. So let's see, let's see. Uh, doing fine. Uh, no. Uh, okay. Oh, one. There's one possibly one question. Uh, okay. Just waiting for that cock to hit you in the back of the head. Hey, man. Hey, it did happen today. I huh? no poster fall. I will be the last man standing. I will be paying you to keep talking till one of us dies. This is a man who's living right. I'm doing it out of spite since you said you won't stop as long as one person is paying. <laughs> He's right. I did, <laughs> I did say that. As long as one person is paying, I will get <laughs> doing this show. Oh, my God. And then I'll just fucking call you at home. Oh, I'm supposed to call this cat now, the other one. He, he's, he's one of the $10 guys. I got to call him at home. Uh, I'll call him right now. He'll be surprised. Um, anyway, uh, so that's, that's the show. Uh, at Eugene S. Robinson for, for Twitter. Um, what's the other thing? Instagram, Mr. Sleep with the number three. But if you don't have photos on your page or if you're trying to gatekeep me, I just d d delete you. I don't have pages. I got to see into your abyss before I let you see it in my abyss. Otherwise, I got to assume you're a spy. If you want to go to Facebook, the only Facebook page I have that's still open, well, two that's still open for business, facebook.com slash Oxbow, all capitalized Oxbow. That's still, you get news about the musical side of things. Uh, at June, who does the, the Stomp, Stomp, Stompville, uh, is it Stomp or Stomperville? Anyway, the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper on Facebook. 
She's now adding videos. She's actually killing it. Uh, sorry. She's also now doing the Oxbow page. So these are four ways or five ways I've lost count uh, to get a hold of me. Uh, and uh, that's the end of the show. Somebody suggested I should have, I should play music out, but I think it's kind of complicated. Instead, I'll stick with what I've used, which is, look what you made me do! Ah!